Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, where I'm going to just sit silently and eat a hamburger for a solid 45 seconds because it is our Super Bowl ad review time. Uh, this We're recording this Monday. Uh, we have somewhat recovered physically and emotionally from the very long day of Sunday of uh, writing about the ads, covering the ads, watching the ads, and there was some football interspersed in there somewhere. Uh, I want to go around the room real quick, introduce who we've got. Uh, we've got back Christina Monlos, our brand marketing editor, who's actually in the office this time. Uh, Christina, it's great to have you back. It's great to be here in a room full of other tired journalists who... <laughs> Um, I have no idea what happened during the game. Yeah, like someone was asking me, like, what did you think of what some of the non-advertising brands were doing on Twitter? I was just like, oh, man, there's only so many hours in the day. Like, <laughs> I will catch up on that other stuff. Uh, and I have been. It's been interesting. We've also got back Jameson Fleming, news editor for Adweek, who pretty much uh, ran a lot of our Super Bowl coverage, kind of was the, uh, the, the, the guy keeping all the parts moving in our war room. Uh, Jameson, first of all, it's great to have you back. It's been a while since we had you on the show. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I'm uh, looking forward to the HBO Game of Thrones dragon ending us early today, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be shrieking and the sound of fire and then the podcast is over. <laughs> and then the cue it's Game fitting. of Thrones theme. Um, <laughs> just picture our bodies lying lifeless while a hashtag pops up. Uh, we've also got back Doug Zanger, uh, senior editor on the Creative and Agencies Beat. Doug. How you doing? Hello. Good. Good, good, good. You did the Jerry hello for the podcast. <laughs> that's, an off the, a, that's an off no. the books voice. Um, the uh, Jameson, let's start by telling us about the Adweek War Room last night. How many people did we have packed in there? Uh, I think we ended up with 27. And when you count all the remote people, we had about 36 or 37 people contributing to just our coverage of the game. Man, 
That's phenomenal. Uh, and uh, hopefully, um, people listening, we're kind of keeping tabs on uh, a lot of the content uh, Adweek was putting out. Hopefully, you caught some of it because there's a lot of good stuff. Lots of great recaps, too. I love our kind of roundup of all the ads in two minutes, uh, the video that's on the site right now. Of course, we've got our list of the top five ads. We've got a piece about five moments that fell flat. Uh, man, all sorts of stuff. We've got a ton of coverage out there today and really appreciate everything the team did last night. But let's uh, let's just kind of dive on into it and, and talk about what we thought of last night's Super Bowl. So, Christine, I'll start with you. What was the... Do you get, well, I'll let you decide. Are we going to talk about the best ads or the worst ads first? I mean, for some people, the best and the worst are the same thing, you know? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, yep. my personal favorite was Burger <laughs> King, and people hate it. So, you know, that's yes. something. Um, Adweek's, no. uh, Adweek's number two ad, <laughs> ad of the Super Bowl <laughs> was also dead last in the uh, USA Today ad meter. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I think you're right. It's it. like... We were joking that it could very well land at the top of both a best and worst list, and both would be right. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Christina, you uh, had a heads up on this ad. We weren't really able to talk about it in advance. Remind us what the concept was and then how this came about. Yeah. Um, basically, David Miami found documentary footage of Andy Warhol. Um, that's part of this documentary, 66 Scenes in America. And his representation for American life was... If you've already seen it, you know, it was eating a Whopper. Um, And so it's like a four-minute part of this documentary that they took the first 45 seconds of it and aired that during the Super Bowl. And truly strange, original, weird, um, and fitting for taking uh, a piece of work from one of the most, uh, I guess, capitalist-friendly artist that there has ever been and flipping it and using it to sell burgers. Kind of brilliant. Yeah, there, there was some of that weird, uh, you know, not to, to kind of dive into the backlash, but some people were like, how would Andy Warhol have felt about this? I was like, man, I think you need to read up a bit more on Andy Warhol if you yeah. think he would have like been super <laughs> upset about this. Uh, but, uh, you know, to me, it, it, you know, he was someone who really celebrated that intersection of art and advertising of how brands and icons became uh, these kind of cultural touch points. And, uh, and, you know, I think to, to their credit, and one of the reasons we really like this is it cements something that Burger King has been uh, making the case for with a lot of its marketing is that the Whopper is iconic, that it is this American, uh, you know, beloved institution. Uh, quality-wise, they feel it's better than the Big Mac, and, and they have also, uh, as we can talk about if we want, kind of been bagging on the Big Mac lately. Uh, but, you know, so it falls right into a brief that the, the client calls Whopper Love, that they uh, a lot of the ad campaigns that we've talked about in recent years have come from this Whopper Love brief, uh, which is basically just, hey, any idea that talks about how much people love Whoppers. And this is going back to what, 1981, I believe they recorded 82. this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it shows that this goes back quite a ways. Like I had seen that footage, did not remember for the life of me that it was a Whopper. No. Who would? I mean, (laughs) there are some people who are like, oh, this is actually more of an ad for Heinz because of the ketchup bottle. Um, Which, uh, (laughs) the same agency, too. (laughs) Right, exactly. But really, I would say, if anything, it's an ad for the 57 number on the Heinz bottle because you got to tap that and then you get your ketchup out. If you don't know that, 
you know now. Yeah, it's fun. It's like watching your, well, not even your grandpa. Your grandpa knows how to get ketchup out of a ketchup bottle. It's like watching your your nephew try to get <laughs> ketchup yeah. out of a ketchup bottle. Uh, so Christina did it. Like, I felt like we were really excited about this ad going into the Super Bowl. But then, man, it, it, it had a bit of a fart in church kind of moment when it, when it actually <laughs> landed. I need to pause for a second and recognize your phrase, fart in church. Wow. Um, but yeah. yeah, that, that was kind of, kind of the response to it. And I think it still wins for that because it got people talking. I mean, Burger King is a brand where I don't feel like they care whether or not people love it. It's more if it's starting a conversation and this did exactly that. Um, now there are people who will totally be like, that's a cop out, but it's like, do you want your brand to be like, Oh, that was heartwarming. And then like, for people to never talk about it again? Or do you want it to be something where people are like, what the hell was that? And then, you know, get angry enough about it. I mean, Hyundai is also getting the same sort of, you know, conversation going right now with uh, vegans being upset that (laughs) Hyundai was roasting a vegan dinner party, uh, and then people are happy that vegans are upset. Uh, we're getting ratioed, Yeah, right? we're getting ratioed on Twitter by people actually happy that we tweeted that story, which I think is the first time anybody's ever been ratioed and because people are happy. Yeah, so weird. But, you know, it's like I, I think the whole point of this night and the whole point of m- marketing is to get people to talk about your brand, and they did, you know? I think it's a win, even if people didn't like it. You really get at a point that I, I was hoping we would discuss a bit, and, and maybe this this conversation can be pretty freeform in this regard, but, like, there were people really upset about it and who were just like, oh, it's just a big misstep and it doesn't play to their core audience. And I'm like, yeah, but look at these other ads. You know, like, look at mm-hmm. these ones that are just so pandering and blatant um, and, you know, and people were pointing out, like, I liked this really emotional tear-jerking ad. I'm like, yeah, but it's so formulaic. And it's yeah. just, I think, in the end, it comes down to, you know, I I give brands very little uh, traction in that regard. If, if it's just like, look, we put, we have a real somber kid talking about how life in a small town is rough by IKEA. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like to me that was the worst ad of the night, and there was a re- absolutely it was yeah, the with, nationwide of this year. Like it was yeah, the it was terrible. Is this kid gonna die? It was also like <laughs> I want to get these kids out of this town so they're not stuck in whatever it, town it is, like making Kias for the rest of their life. Yeah, Steph Patrick, our managing editor, said to me last night. She was like, I was expecting that kid to be dead. Yeah. at the end, like the nationwide ad. Awful. Yeah, let's uh, let's listen to a little bit of that for for those who maybe missed this one. We can catch this a little bit of the Kia ad about the town in Georgia where the the Kias are made. We're just a small Georgia town of complete unknowns. The closest thing to a world stage is 81 miles away in Atlanta tonight. Our movie stardom, our football careers. They never took off because we are not known for who we are. We hope to be known for what we do, what we build. 
so the the funny thing to me is that I live in a town in Alabama where uh, there are several auto plants uh, around here. It's a huge part of our economy. Uh, I remember when Saturn was being made up in Tennessee, I think in like Spring Hill or, or the thing is called. And, you know, th- there were a lot of ads around that. And it was like a point of pride. And everyone's like, yeah, we've got this auto factory. And around here, we're super proud to have like the uh, pretty much every Mercedes you buy like that's a, in, in America is made here, uh, you know, outside of Birmingham and a bunch of other cars. And it's a huge point of pride. And it's not one where we would ever make an ad like, I live in Alabama where t- nothing will ever be good. <laughs> you know, life, the sun will never shine. Like the ad, the Kia ad is dark, like physically dark. It just looks like like they're recovering from a famine or something. And it's just like, guys, it's all right to like celebrate small town America. You don't turn it into like this hillbilly elegy, like weird dirge thing. But but, um, but that's exactly it. It's like, that was absolutely made by a ton of people who don't live in a small town. And they're just like, <laughs> small town life in America is great. But we're over here in the coast and we're going to make fun of it. But also celebrate it. I don't know why I just made it's my voice like LA that. It's a very LA thing. But very LA. And then very not LA. spend five million dollars on the scholarship fund. Instead, put it in a Super Bowl ad. Right, and that was like ninety yeah. seconds, wasn't it? So more than that. Yeah. I think uh, the ad like that ran hour. in the game was only thirty. But was it only thirty? I think so. It felt if, like ninety. Oh, God. I think they would have caught a lot of flack if it was a ninety-second ad. Yeah. And then they could have just <laughs> donated that money to charity. Here's fifteen million dollars that million. we're not going to spend on charity. <laughs> also, yeah. being a film festival fan, I was like, Telluride, that's a film festival. Like, why are you naming your your car? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I hate that ad. It was the worst of the night. Yeah, the uh, and and you know I will say that in the big scheme of like terrible ads, it wasn't like one of the most terrible, but it was definitely one where I looked around the room and I intentionally didn't say anything. Same with Michelob Ultra, uh, the the gold pure gold one with the ASMR. With both of those ads, I just kind of waited and looked around the room at the actual humans that were watching the Super Bowl with me to see like how they reacted. With both, they were like, Ugh. <laughs> like the you know they're just like that's not good. Um, because both ads, and we've talked about that, there was a big trend of, of quiet in this year's Super Bowl. And both of those ads were quiet, and they worked in the sense of getting everyone to, to quiet down and to really pay attention. And then just, like, fell so flat, you know, where people are like, wow, that was that was not. My favorite is that someone behind me during the ASMR ad just goes like, this is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to disagree with you guys on that one, but that's also that I experienced the ASMR sensation. And when I watched that ad, it worked for me. Like I actually mm. got the sensation from the ad. So to me, I'm like, that is successful. Now, I just don't think that's something that can play well on TV. Like, if you're listening to it in your headphones and you're just, like, watching Zoe Kravitz whisper in a beautiful location about organic beer, I was like, okay, I'm on board for this. I'll watch this. I wonder if that ad would have been better if they had less moving parts in it. There were Mm -hmm. so many different sounds that I wonder if it was just a little more repetitive that people would have appreciated it more. Maybe. I don't know. I I feel like ASMR ads only really work digitally because that's where that community is. Yeah, I'm just picturing if it had been 30 seconds for just spinning a bottle on a table, <laughs> you know, sc- scratching the scratching. Yeah, it's the just glass. so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Zanger, you've been uh, un- un- 
you know, unusually quiet. Uh, I know that you had several that you were a big fan of that we'll get to, but were there any that you felt uh, kind of fell flat or just were kind of like, Ugh. Well, I mean, Skechers, did you expect them really to have anything that good? <laughs> if we're, if we're being. Was that, was that Tony Romo? I've already kind of blocked yeah, that one out of my head. Yeah, what? no, it's wise, wise choice. Um, I mean, I, I hated the Devour one, I, but I think the one that I just looked at and I thought, why the hell are you spending money on this would be Bon and Viv spiked seltzer. Um, the, the shark tank, uh, pitch. I, I was just, and, and to, it was the first ad that ran in the first <laughs> yeah, quarter. Yeah, and I was, was just like, okay, we're getting out of the gate slow here. I just, I just did not, it's just such a waste. I mean, it's just overindulgent and just, it, it, it just was just silly. It's just silly and stupid. I mean, you know, Tell the story of the of the two women that started the company. It, you know that's that's that would be better. I'd rather have one straight down Main Street instead of this you know faux high art crap. I, I just it was just awful. I just thought it was just awful. I mean, and then there were there were a few. I mean, there was the ADT one that again you know right right down the center line. But I think the teaser at the end there is that there's other content now. Whether or not that's going to be good remains to be seen. Uh, but it was the two guys from the oh, what is the name? The the two guys from Property the, Brothers. Yes, Property Brothers. Yes, and they're they're fun. They're fun, but it was just mm, are they? Funish, nice. fun, funish, funish. I don't know. Um, I don't watch the show. My I just I, got I only watch it when I'm at the dentist. Right. 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 <laughs> Okay, let's pretend I didn't say that. But you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see what you Zanger, know. We'll see what's secret what. property brothers fan. Uh, I don't, yeah, no. no. Uh, well, and then the sprint one I thought was just awful too. I, I just I couldn't. What stand a waste that. of Bo Jackson. I know, right? Oh yeah. So so sprint. <sighs> yeah. Just to remind folks, sprint is the. It was a Droga 5 ad, you know, it's one of the, and we will talk about in a minute that the other ad they had in the game was one of the best Super Bowl moments I can remember. Uh, but man, Sprint, uh, it was, it was like they just threw everything in the pile and it was, and didn't even, you know, spend much time talking about it. You know, it's like the, the ad is uh, the Paul guy, the can you hear me now guy that they swiped from uh, Verizon. He's hanging out with the robots from last year's Super Bowl ad. And then they're trying to figure out what's a good metaphor for getting the best of both worlds with something. And so they land on like every lazy reference you can that you could come up with in the first five minutes of concepting an ad like that, right? It's like Bo Jackson, super topical, you know, <laughs> who's not sitting around talking about Bo Jackson? Why didn't they get Deion Sanders? Like, he has an ESPN 30 for 30 coming out and he's way, I feel like today's generation knows Deion Sanders way more than they know about Bo Jackson. You should email Droga yeah, they, just in all caps. Why not Dion? <laughs> they, uh, so it's like it's Bo Jackson, then he's holding a mermaid, and she's holding a keytar, which I'm, I think every keytar reference is just lazy, you know, uh -huh. but uh, that's just me. It's a weird niche. And then a flying horse. It's just like everything. If you ask somebody, what's something that's two things put together? You know, then this is what literally everyone would say right out of the gate. And then that's it. That's the whole end. And there's... I didn't. I, I thought maybe it'd be one where I'm wrong and the masses. No, you really weren't love wrong. It. No, you were not wrong at all. No. <laughs> so, um, also, well, so why let, were there multiple mermaids during the game? So, like, yeah. so there was the Bon and Viv mermaids, and then that mermaid. Why? Mermaids yeah. and robots. That's the theme. Mermaids and robots. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so let, let's talk story. good ones, and then 
then we'll we'll go to we'll go to trends in a minute because I think that's another interesting one. But let's talk uh, let's talk great ads. Uh, Jameson, what was your favorite ad of the night? Uh, I would have to go the Bud Light HBO uh, mashup, and also the first Bud Light ad. I thought the just the scene of them rolling the corn syrup to Miller Light and then having to take it to Coors Light and the reactions of both kingdoms. I I, I thought it was uh, I thought that was really well done and smart. And then the HBO thing. I mean, left our entire war room screaming, either than either in laughter or terror, or both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a I had an earnest emotional reaction to it, <laughs> which that surprised me more than anything. I was like, "What? No, not the Bud Knight!" <laughs> like, so just to just to recap for those, hopefully you saw this because it's a hard one to capture with audio. Uh, you know, it started out as normal Bud Light ad, dilly dilly. Got they even yelled dilly dilly because uh, the first the first the the legit Bud Light ad ran first, um, the corn syrup one, uh, which I think was called Special Delivery. Uh, that ran first. It's great, but they never say dilly dilly, and a bunch of people were even like, "Oh, they didn't say dilly dilly," which is something they've told us they're trying to actively move away from. Uh, and then, and then the this next one starts up, and they yell "dilly dilly," and it's all the usuals there. And then the Bud Knight goes to to joust with someone, and he gets knocked right on his ass. And he uh, then you see a shadow over him, and it's the Mountain Gregor Clegane from Game of Thrones, uh, who I, well now he's called something else. Uh, he's been back from the dead. I don't know. It gets complicated. But anyway, he bends down and smashes the skull of the with his bare hands of the Bud Knight. Everyone screams in terror and a dragon rises up and starts torching everything. And that is, I think the moment they literally crushed the Bud Knight's skull was the moment I realized like, oh, wait, this isn't just like a cameo. Then <laughs> the dragon like literally bathes everyone in fire and the Game of Thrones theme song starts up. And I mean, the reaction in the room I was in, I imagine in most rooms everywhere was just like you're saying, Jameson, people were just yelling like this, this emotionally complex screaming. <laughs> I don't even humor. watch Game of Thrones and I was screaming. Yeah, neither do I. And I was like, I don't get this until the fire, but also, holy crap, what what did we just watch? Yeah, somebody yelled Game of Thrones in a war room and that's when I put it together. And I was like, <gasps> so good. So good. I'd also like to add that's the interesting. <clears throat> Mint Mobile Chunky Milk commercial as oh, one of my favorites. Are you did. just of trying to did. upset me right now? <laughs> it was so good. Oh, that's like the classic God. Super Bowl spot. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I enjoyed like in our in our voting of how people felt about the ads in the ad week slack room. And it was just fun whenever it was like 20 down votes and then, and then one Jameson. up vote. And I, yeah, I loved <laughs> hovering over the up vote. Split. There were, that one was almost 50-50. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I think you were, that one. It was not a 50-50, but that was, it was I think close. you were the first one to give it No, give it, it a wasn't. It was not even close. It was you're like doing South, eight to doing five South or Jersey like math. That. What's wrong with you? Oh, wow. I, I I take it. No, this is a I I give a lot of stock in Jameson because and anyone who kind of disagreed with the masses when you have public voting like that in the sense that like we all see each other's votes and then to be like no y'all are wrong it's real good <laughs> I Look, like chunky milk. I'm just personally offended because after I wrote about that ad, seeing the stupid chunks coming out of that milk carton repeatedly, I actually vomited because of how ill that ad made me and made me feel. And it was just, 
I'm sorry. It kills me every yeah. time the girl, like, has the, the glass up and she's, like, tapping the bottom out to get the chunk stuck to the bottom of the glass. No. Just more of that. No. Oh, yeah, more yeah, of that, that's please. Great. <laughs> oh, wait a, no. wait a second. I did vote it up. Sorry. I did like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow. I, I liked it. I mean, it certainly got attention and it, I'm angry it plays to you. the... The point of the ad, right? Like, the point of the ad is, that's not right. And if you're going to come up with a tagline like, that's not right, you, you better follow through. Come um, up with a better tagline. Okay, I'm going to quickly recap uh, our official top five ads of the Super Bowl, and then we can kind of go back to debating stuff and just make sure we didn't miss any big ones we're talking about. Uh, number one, uh, we ranked the Bud Light versus Game of Thrones. Uh, talked about how that is... Just one of the best rug pulls in Super Bowl history. I think it even beat Tide, uh, who notably sat out this year, uh, the entire thing. Um, but I thought this was an even better – because, like we were talking about, just a visceral reaction to seeing this mashup. And, I mean, to get Wine and Kennedy and Droga 5 to work together, that's something. Uh, so definitely, uh, to me, uh, the, the best out of the night. Uh, number two, we picked Burger King. Again, uh, maybe – controversial, divisive, but uh, that's kind of the point. In a game where everyone was trying to basically be as safe as possible, uh, Burger King did not pick at all a safe route. And so I, I'm fine with people complaining about this ad. I think there's certainly plenty to complain about. Uh, but as long as it's not the same people who say that brands never try anything, they never experiment, they never push themselves in things like the Super Bowl, this, man, they didn't. They took a uh, heck of a swing. Uh, number three was actually uh, one that I wanted to play a little audio of. This was the promo for uh, Handmaid's Tale season three. Uh, the using basically a recreation of the audio of uh, Morning in America, uh, the Ronald Reagan re-election ad uh, from 1984. So let's listen to the setup of that. This is. Uh, from an, an agency called Wildcard in Culver City. Uh, so here is the promo that ran up for uh, season three of Handmaid's Tale. It's morning again in America. Today, more women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. This year, dozens of children will be born to happy and healthy families. It's morning again. It's morning again. It's morning again. Wake up, America. Morning's over. Any any thoughts on that one while we're on there? I thought it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I, it was one of those things where I thought, where is this thing going to go? And then it's just like the tension of the thing. It was, yeah, t from beginning to end, it it definitely uh, kept me paying attention. That's for sure. And it was it was a really good it was a really good nod to that uh, Ronald Reagan ad for sure. But it was just, it was kind of creepy. It was just like, it just completely pulled me in, sucked me in. And I don't even watch the show, but I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll watch it now. Yeah. I mean, I, I love political advertising and to be able to spoof that and remake it in a way that worked perfectly for the message of that show, I, I thought that was a brilliant idea. Oh, the, I mean, just the line about like more women will go to work today than any other time yeah. in American history. So good. And it's like showing these slave camps basically of, of all the, uh, women and ex-handmaids being sent off to muck radiation or whatever. Uh, man, it was just my only, you know, I, again, I, I'm picking this one and I'm picking uh, uh, Burger King. So you could argue I'm being a hypocrite here, but I do think that there's some inside baseball here. I don't know how many like normal human beings would ever catch that reference. 
uh, of a 1984 re-election ad that even if you know they what don't I mean? know like, it's, not it's exactly... Reagan, they've definitely heard "It's Morning in America" before, haven't they? Shouldn't mm. yeah, they just don't know what it's from? Most people just don't know what it's even from. if they have it. The the cop, even if you think it's something that they came up with, the yeah. copy is so good yeah. that you would just think like, "Hey, this is just perfect description yeah. of you know the show." I think it's a great ad. I watched the first season of The Handmaid's Tale. It's not going to get me to watch the third season or the second season. It's just too damn dark. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they go there on the show. You know, they certainly have no problems making parallels back, especially in flashbacks to, you know, what's happening in the real world uh, and how it leads to uh, this you know, Republic of Gilead uh, in the in the show. Uh, but, yeah, just, I mean, there there's a certain aspect of this like returning to I mean it's kind of the make America great again idea right of this idea of returning to a mythical uh, you know America that used to be and Reagan uh, you know the Reagan era tends to encapsulate that anyway uh, good ad I'm sure it was mildly controversial but that show has no problem it, this is not a you know hamburger brand like that show knows that their audience it, it comes to them from a specific point of view and and worldview and so I'm sure they were fine with that uh, number four we had uh, Amazon's ad a follow up to Alexa loses her voice last year this year uh, it was um, it, I what is that? I don't have the name in front of me what they call it not not everything makes yeah, the cut that's it and you know it was just this idea that they. To, along the way of putting voice activation in everything, they made some mistakes about stuff that doesn't need to be voice activated. Uh, dog collars that can order dog food, uh, most notably. I'd say that's really the ad. And uh, if those of you stuck around after the Super Bowl may have noticed, they ran the dog uh, part like – they ran that like five more times. Because who doesn't <laughs> yes. want a buddy comedy with Harrison Ford and that dog? That dog calls the shots. Oh, I'd watch that. Yeah, I would have never – Never guess in an ad with Forrest Whitaker and Harrison Ford that the dog would be the star. Yeah. Well, and it really played to perfectly to Harrison Ford 2019, right? Like every Han Solo, every role he's in these days, he's just he's just kind of done with it. <laughs> he's 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 embittered. You know, he's just got this not even angry because angry Harrison Ford's kind of cool. No, he's just a curmudgeon. Yeah, it's just curmudgeonly, and so it worked perfectly in this ad. Like he's just like. The way he just seems so, you know, over this dog and and it's shenanigans. It, it worked perfect because normally I think Harrison Ford's gonna be. A Did dog. you guys see the the remake of or the new Blade Runner? Yeah. Do yeah. you okay? I feel like it's important to note that at some point in the last five six years, Harrison Ford was like, "I'm not wearing anything more than a t-shirt." I'm just going to wear a T-shirt. I don't care what movie I'm in. I don't care what I'm in. I'm wearing a T-shirt and jeans. And, like, that's what he does in the Blade Runner, and that's what he does here. And he just kind of shows up, does what he wants, and then is done with it. But that's why uh, the pairing with the dog, I want that dog. I want to hang out with that dog and, like, kind of Harrison Ford. I was going to say, I was a little surprised that, you know, last year when they did Alexa Lost Her Voice, they ran a spot after the game. It was new creative. I was a little surprised that there wasn't like five seconds of the dog and Harrison Ford that you didn't see in the big ad that made it into the smaller cut. I was surprised that it was all recycled footage. Maybe that's all they could get from him. <laughs> <laughs> they literally, they ran that ad, they ran that chunk as its own ad literally like four more times uh, after because I was there working on other stuff and I kept the TV on. 
And the problem with that cut is that if you don't have the setup of the ad, then it just looks like Amazon devices rip you off. Right, right. Right? <laughs> like, like if you don't have the context that, like, we made mistakes, including a dog collar, like, you just have a dog sitting there ordering pallets of food and gravy. And, and someone pointed out, but don't you think that conveys... Uh, this ad conveys Amazon in a bad light. I'm like, well, no, if you watch the full ad. But if you just watch those, yeah, it's just like, come on, geez. You're just trying to, like, make me order stuff I don't want? Um, and so, I, you know, I, I will say the more I watch this ad, the less I like the rest of it. Like, I still like the dog, but the Broad City stuff, the I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Because you didn't need it. You didn't yeah. need any of it. All you needed was the the... Um, the dog and Harrison. But I think that Amazon was like, okay, we had multiple celebrities last year. We had like a weird little pause. We were self-referential. You know, that that's the formula that works for us rather than just like going for 30 seconds that were perfect. Yeah, I thought they definitely wasted Forrest Whitaker in that ad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like he's brushing his teeth. You know, I feel like next year, so they, they, they've had her messing up. They've had her turning off the power to the to the whole planet next year. It's just going to be like full-on Terminator invasion. And they're going to, yet again, the intro is going to be oh, silly <laughs> us and <laughs> trying some stuff. <laughs> Turned on the human race that time. Uh, but I really don't think they can go back to this well of... You know, you know, it's just this just felt like a rehash. This is Lucky General's one of the best agencies, uh, you know, going right now. And so I, I don't think they were used to their full potential uh, the way they were last year. And to Jameson's point, I don't think they really generated enough content uh, to kind of build something else more out of this. Um, I will just quickly say number five was, uh, as Jameson mentioned earlier, the special delivery ad uh, for Bud Light. This was the actual Bud Light ad before we knew that everyone was going to get murdered in flame uh, where they're delivering a giant barrel. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of that one. Oh, brewers of Miller Light, we received your corn syrup by mistake. That's not our corn syrup. We received our shipment this morning. You're joking. Try the Coors Light Castle. They also use corn syrup. <sighs> Can you smoke outside? Oh, Brewers of Coors Light, is this corn syrup yours? Well, well, well. Looks like the corn syrup has come home to be brewed. <laughs> to be clear, we brew Coors Light with corn syrup. Ah. Bud Light, brewed with no corn syrup. I, I, you know, I really enjoyed this as a dilly. I liked the dilly dilly campaign, but I just, I liked the little slice of life moments, I guess you could call it, of just like talking about eating the wizard and fighting a kraken in the ocean, just all this random stuff they had to do. And I really enjoyed, maybe just because I like meta type stuff, but the, the Coors like guy just screaming at the end, like to reiterate, <laughs> you know, like we use corn syrup. Just it, it got to that comedy rule, right? That like if you say it twice, it's not funny, but if you say it a third time, and so they're just like, let's just yell it again, and that'll make it funny. Uh, Christina, let me throw this at you though. Does anyone care? I don't know. I don't know if they do. Do you think anyone cares? Does corn syrup? Make- I, I mean, Nickelodeon has been a strong performer for them, so yeah. I get. I get wanting to go in that direction with all of their beers, I guess. Yeah. And maybe they feel like the way to fight off craft beer is to say, hey, if you're going to drink, you know, a beer in this kind of, you know, cheap light beer, it should be ours because at least it's healthy. 
I guess I get it. But like beer isn't healthy. Period. Well, like beer's health, not healthy. healthier than the alternatives, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it was more amusing to see what was happening on Twitter with like the corn big corn big oh, corn, corn responding corn so battle. upset. Oh, I and love then, a good corn battle. Vegan battle and corn battle was delightful. The corn battle happening, but then also the corn Twitter account tagging the wrong beer brands by accident and then replying to their own tweet, "We're sorry, everyone messes up." Like, oh my God. that made it way more fun for me. Otherwise, I was like, I don't really care all that all that much about this. Yeah, I just, I mean, they dug in deep on this corn syrup because we, we haven't even discussed the fact there were three other ads. Yeah. Uh, very forgettable. Yeah, they weren't good. Very forgettable ads. But, uh, but three other ads just making the same point, just corn syrup, corn syrup. And it's like they, I mean, something, something in their market research said, this is it. Right. We found it. Like, this is our this is our pivot. Point. This is our white whale. Um, now we should. Are they going to like open up a barrel of corn syrup and there the deceased Bud Knight will will mate? Will, what like, was reappear? he? Was he deceased though? Do we know that? that we don't know that. We, I don't know. We don't know. I mean, he got, his, he got his skull crushed. He's going to come back like uh, like the mountain. He's going to come back undead. There's just going to be this creepy undead Bud Knight. I'd be Corn okay with that. Syrup will help him. Um, I mean, HBO said that they wouldn't do the ad unless they killed off that Bud Light was willing to kill him <laughs> off. So I, I think he's dead. I don't know. I love you know, how HBO is out there I, calling the shots for an iconic <laughs> character for Bud Light. Cool. They're just going to show up at different brands and be like, we're here to kill your spokesman. <laughs> Let me kill the king. <laughs> that would actually be perfect. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! Oh, just think if it had been tied, you know, if, if like HBO had just done like two or three ads where yeah, they like they kill the king and then they just show like Cersei Lannister or whatever sitting on his chair. They you know oh they could have gone full could have gone all in. But and. by the way, HBO, if you uh, decide to go with that idea, we we want money on the back <laughs> yeah. end. Like we want points. Cake. But I did notice for the rest of the night, people are like, "Can the Game of Thrones dragon swoop into this ad too?" <laughs> That's <laughs> could they just swoop into the game because the game was terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, so yeah, so those were our those were our top five. Uh, we didn't do a worst one. I think we've covered some of the worst. But let, let's quickly before we adjourn uh, and get back to our post Super Bowl life, um, let's talk trends. Uh, Christina, I know we certainly noticed robots. Just so many robots. Oh yeah, and and like sad robots. Yeah, not being treated well by humanity. I mean, you know, a uh, I guess a cynical take on this is that. Brands want you to be more comfortable with, like, the coming uh, – all, all of the technology taking over your life and then technology having feelings so that you feel uh, some sort of connection and need to make the technology that is then tracking you and <laughs> and serving ads to you uh, feel okay. I, I'm not about that. I hate sad robots and get out of here with it. My dad, ever the ad critic, even <laughs> sent me a text mid-game, too many robots, to which I tweeted out. And many people were like, I agree with your dad. <laughs> I was like, cool. Great criticism, dad. Yeah, I, I kind of, I see it the opposite, uh, I guess, the way you do. I think it's more about this brand's 
trying to pretend like, oh man, aren't you getting tired of just everything being so automated and everything being a robot and having these voice assistants? Now, I mean, in real in real life, we, we're not surrounded by robots, but I think they were a metaphor mm-hmm. for like digital assistants, right? For digital replacements yeah. for humanity. And those have... Those will just always be a punching bag, right? Because they replace us. They they take our jobs. You know, they do whatever. But yeah, at some point, I'm just like, man, how many robots are you guys going to crap on in this one Super Bowl? You've got uh, the the TurboTax Robo Child, emotionally like distraught. The sprint. Like I I want I was I was literally expecting that one to end with them just driving him into the woods oh, and leaving God. him like uh, like <laughs> with, AI with the kids mm-hmm. in the Kia and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Go take their jobs. Take those kids' jobs at the Kia factory. <laughs> I mean, but that's a thing where I'm like, those robots should take those jobs. Those poor children. Like, get them out of there. <laughs> uh, but so But anyway. Yeah, no, no, like literally I, I'm so emotionally scarred by AI. Um the the Steven Spielberg movie. Like that movie got me in a way that I wish no movie could get yes. to me. Do you guys remember that? I remember I that and then Bicentennial Man. Like, I don't want to cry about robots right now. I don't care for like them. AI, Sorry. You know, AI was just this whole metaphor for Steven Spielberg's divorce, like his parents' divorce when he was a kid. And, of course, every Steven Spielberg movie just about has been a metaphor in some way for that. But, like, it, that movie just gutted me when they just, like, ditched the kid in the woods and, like, all this stuff. And so just watching RoboChild. I guess... I guess we need to put like a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't <laughs> I seen this that like twenty. Film I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, you're not gonna oh, see that, it. I mean, people see it. That's not the people uh, see things. That late. is not the ending. That's like one third of the way through. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just uh, Robo Child. I was just like, don't create an artificial life form just to just to be exist in a thirty second ad. I know, I know, it's not real. Mm-hmm. I know it's not. Real. Um, but um, but yeah, I don't know. There were just all these robots, just looking sad. What what other themes did we notice? Um, the, for the first ad break, all of the ads that you saw, they were focused. Um, they were either starring or targeted to women. Um, there was the Bumble with Serena Williams, which we haven't really talked about. I feel like that one kind of came and went. There was Christina Applegate yelling at. Um, M&Ms as children, which I personally would like to think that's an extension of the universe of don't tell mom the babysitter's dead when she had to take care of all of her Uh, siblings. Um, Don't tell mom I ate the children. Yeah. Um, And then there is that Bon and Viv ad, which actually Jameson explained to me earlier today because I did not understand this ad until recently. Do you want to... Yeah, so it's a Shark Tank pitch, but to me, the the ad works way better the second or third time you see no, it, and you no, know that it's a Shark no. Tank pitch. I watched it three no. times, and I didn't get that it's a Shark Tank pitch. I did not well, understand that. I mean, that. it's kind of quirky and no. cool when you know it's no. a Shark Tank pitch. It's still not a good ad, but I at least appreciated oh, dude, it. Dude, that's such a stretch. Next time oh, around. God. No, I mean, th- this is like, I just think Shark Tank jokes are just so kind of lazy and ineffective. Like, there was a whole Good Place gag, and I love the Good Place. I mean, it's rare that I don't get into it, but they have a whole gag that was like a Shark shark Tank, uh, you know, joke. And I'm just like, eh, I get it. I get it. It's like... It's like having American Idol <laughs> references, you know. It's just like this is a cult, this is a cultural touch point. We'll let's let's milk it dry. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was like during the first um, break, it was all these ads targeted towards women, which then you saw throughout the rest of the night. And then there was a lot of nostalgia with um, Sarah Michelle Geller and the Backstreet Boys and the Dude and Carrie Bradshaw. Um, lots yeah. of classic rock. Lots of classic rock. Um, well, let's before we get away then, from uh, targeting oh, sure. women. Um, I felt like the Carly Kloss Wicks ad was a real missed oh opportunity. Gosh. Like, not that I expected Wicks to to knock it out of the park, but like, it was like it made Carly Kloss look so vapid. Like, she's just like, I'm making this website about my my photos of me, and she's actually a really cool person. Like, she's a really interesting. I I don't know. It, like, it felt like that was they had a chance to really step up the portrayal of you know, a model who has created an entire thing about getting people into coding, getting women into coding. You know what I mean? That was, yeah, that was a Wix ad that, like, you see when you're watching something on YouTube and you skip it. Yeah. Like, they didn't break from the formula at all. <laughs> they didn't try anything. Well, I think it was a last-minute yeah. buy, too. I think, it was, I think it was a last-minute buy, so it was just like, let's like, just, you know. That sucked. Just, uh... Do better. If you're, like, if you're, if you're going to spend the money, look, man, I'll take it one way and then I'll take it another way. But if you're going to spend the money to be in the Super Bowl, actually produce creative that's worth being in the Super Bowl. One. Two, if you're going to be in the Super Bowl and we're going to have to write about you, produce creative that's worth writing about, please. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like classic. We paid for the celebrity. And so our ad is, look, here's a celebrity. You know, there's really not a, there's not a hook there. Um, and, yeah, it just felt like that was one where it could have been something else because I just felt bad that that it kind of portrayed her as just yet another kind of bland person making a bland website. Um, right. But, uh, but that's not one I would say was really targeting women. I just feel like that ad had nothing to say other than like use Wix and mm-hmm. I don't. So mm-hmm. sorry, didn't work for me at all. Um, but yeah, I, another thing that was big during the night was um, with Bud Light, as we've talked about, they had multiple spots. So did T-Mobile. They had a ton of spots. And so clearly this year, I think that we saw something um, that's essentially the tide effect where it's like, oh, okay, if I have a lot of money to spend and I really want people to notice my ads, I'm going to do it all, you know, once every quarter. But what's interesting is that both of those brands, that they they were offsetting the cost at least a little bit with branded partnerships where, uh, you know, T-Mobile had a partnership with Lyft and a partnership with Taco Bell. And then Bud Light, you know, they're sharing the cost at least for one of the ads by partnering with HBO. So it's like they they must have done a more economical version of the tide approach. Yeah, the um, I think the last T-Mobile ad. It was that the one, the dad one. Who anyway? Whenever the dad, yeah, mm-hmm. the dad. Uh, I yeah. think she at the end she sends him a link that clearly says like Martha Stewart living. Um, oh yeah, really? Like, yeah, Martha Stewart then that. Uh, tweeted it. I think yeah. or oh, tweeted I about it. It was one. so like I mean it was quick, but it was one of those where I was I was into those. They were very attention grabbing. The little faux texting uh, ads. But yeah, it's like when she finally sends her dad the chicken parm recipe. I was as a foodie, I was like, "Which, what's it going to be? <laughs> Whose chicken parm is it going to be?" Um, but uh, so yeah, I wondered if that was a a you know to your point, if that was them kind of getting some help from another brand 
Not that I don't know how the Martha Stewart brand's doing these days. If they've got millions to kick in to help somebody with a Super Bowl ad, um, well, Jameson, anything else uh, that you noticed before we before we adjourn that uh, kind of stuck out to you, or anything that that people seem to respond to in the the Ad Week War Room last night? Um, for me, I was very surprised by the Expensify ad because they go you know to this length to make a three minute music video with two chains, and they have this giveaway. Or if you snap a photo of the receipts, the music video, you could win the money on the receipts. And then they do this 30-second ad, which was good, but they don't make reference to anything else they did, which felt like a huge missed opportunity for them to really kind of own the Super Bowl from the standpoint of nobody really had a good social activation going on with their ad, and it could have been them, and they could have been who we were all talking about the next day of like, oh, my God, Expensify then gave away $200,000 during the ad. Yeah. Yeah. But they missed it. They missed it, and it, like, didn't really make any sense because it's like if you're going to do this whole thing where the purpose is obviously to get people to download your app, like, you need to explain to people that there's this whole thing going on and you can, like, do the receipt thing. But this just didn't do that. Plus, they're a B2B company. So even if you did download the app and then your company doesn't use Expensify, you would then delete it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that I felt like that idea would, would their agency should have, you know, held on to it for somebody who is actually consumer right. facing. So weird. Did you guys have I, the, I mean Adam yeah. Scott was perfectly cast. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. yeah. It was it was a good ad, but it was yeah, I agree with that. Uh, were there any good local ads in your little in your local ad windows? For- oh hell no, uh, <laughs> no. But there there was a really good one in Houston from uh, grocery chain H E B. Had a guy on an island. Uh, so instead of sa- saying uh, send help, it was send H E B, and it was sort of a castaway kind of vibe. It was really good. Uh, Al- Alabama. <laughs> so weird. I'll take your word for it. The, my, my favorite yeah. Alabama one, because usually we just get Southeast regional stuff like Hardee's or whatever. Um, we, we, we There was a five-second ad for Clyde Mays Whiskey. Uh, yes. Being the official spirit of Alabama. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I have to admit it worked. I was like, it, it is? Wait, what? And uh, they ran that thing multiple in basically every regional spot, but it was just like five seconds. And it literally just said, Clyde Mays Whiskey. Proudly the official spirit of Alabama, and that was the whole ad. I was like, ah, oh, I love. Was love there Rachel. was there like a spirit of Clyde May like in the, <laughs> in the, <laughs> the in ghost the of Clyde? No. It was literally just like yeah. a glass of whiskey with some ice in it, and that was the entire ad. Uh, but. Oh, my God. I love those. Um, Well, regionally here, there was something where I turned around to look at Josh Sternberg, our tech editor, because he is a man who shaves his head regularly. There was this, (laughs) like, weird little ad for some sort of uh, new thing to make shaving your head easier for bald men. It was like a razor with, like, four rotating heads on it that, like, you know, contour to the shape of your head. And he was like, I should use that. (laughs) There are many of us. But, uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you were here, maybe you would be like, "All right, let's get let's get that in, let's test that out." I'll send um, it to you for Christmas. <laughs> oh, good. There was that, and then there was, of course, Scientology. Mm. Oh, know. there was. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we got that. I was. Oh, wow. was I always wonder every year, like people are all start tweeting about Scientology all at the same time, and I'm like, oh, regional ads. They they don't target mm-hmm. the southeast. Um, but <laughs> no, they do not. 
All right. Uh, well, thank you both. Uh, thank you uh, both of you in the main office, uh, Christina Jamison, and congrats on all the all the teamwork last night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Doug, uh, thanks for. I should give Doug big props for running our real time reviews of the ads last year. That is a Jesus. trial by fire. This was your first Super Bowl with Ad Week, and we really threw you on the absolute worst assignment. But uh, but you did a great job. Thank you for that. Really, thank you. Good. Thank enjoyed, you. Enjoyed enjoyed all the reviews. <laughs> uh, there was some disagreement, you know, with the audience, but nothing. Oh, people were pissed at me on some of these. Oh my what, goodness! What, which one jumps out as one where everyone was like, "You're wrong. You're just wrong." Uh, God, it was. <clears throat> there was like fifty. It was like T-Mobile people ganged up on me. Well, it was the one for Colgate where I made. You know, I said leave the Seinfeld references to Seinfeld, and people ganged up on me, and I was like. Everybody chill. Jeez. Yeah, I didn't think Look, and then man, Team Luke Wilson. I liked huh? that one. Hated it. Yeah. I really I am all about Team Luke Wilson. He is the better of the Wilson brothers. You're correct. I was I, in it. Oh. No, you're correct. No, that's 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 an no. accurate statement, but everybody just needs to chill. And then after the uh after the Kia one went out, it was just Vegan Roy, I mean, just the vegan battle is fascinating, and it's still going hot and heavy right now. I mean, it's oh, you mean the Hyundai one? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. They that that ad a lot. You know, there were several people not in advertising who messaged me later and said the Hyundai ad was their favorite ad of the night. I I think. Why? I think they just liked having something that made. I thought it was good. That made references that anybody could get. You know, these are people who don't watch Game of Thrones and probably don't watch Shark Tank, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, I hate root canals." I don't know. Like, (laughs) yeah, the power of Jason Bateman, man. I guess he's well. Yeah, it was perfect casting for that, and then it was good to see the positive reaction for the NFL spot. It was. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about the NFL spot. I'm sorry. I was. Um, I well, no, I I was. You know, being on on the set for three days in Los Angeles, I'm watching this thing being shot, and I'm thinking, how on earth are they going to get this put together? And what was really fascinating was, uh, so in one of the areas, the. the editorial team was in there just taking taking all of the shots and, and getting them into order and, and getting them cleaned up and everything. And it was just fascinating watching these two guys working on that. And I just said, how do you guys do this? And they just said, you know, it, we've done this for a long time. And, and it, I mean, I, I had no idea how that was going to come together. And that ad probably could have been two to three minutes. There was that much going on. Uh, and there is a behind the scenes that I'm trying to get my hands on to add to uh, the post. But it, it was, I, I, you know, it was one of those things where you just think, oh, my God, how are they going to do this? And it just really shows the, you know, this is this is a really good example of an agency with a good idea getting the chaos all all going and then figuring out a way to put it together. And 72 and Sunny did a really, really good job. And I think uh, everybody overwhelmingly liked it. I mean, there were a few people coming in, you know, talking about Kaepernick and CTE. But, you know, the, the point of this ad was for people to, uh, for the league rather, to get back to the joy of the game and the joy of the league. Yeah, the league was like, look how many are still alive. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Take it dark. Well, you have to credit wow. Peter Berg with uh, with that ad too. Great totally. director. Totally. Yeah, he's a fascinating guy. Wait, so oh, that was a. I, I didn't realize that was Peter Berg, right? Peter Berg, so, man. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he had at least two ads in this game. Then I, I want to say he did Devour. No, I think Verizon. No, no, wasn't no. it Verizon? He did Verizon, yeah. so that was tw- yeah, so that was twelve films, and then you know, and then the the uh, the ad that promoted it. So he did all twelve of those films. Yeah, he was he was very very busy. All right, uh, well, thank you all, and uh, I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see which one people are still talking about. And uh, you know, in a few days, we're still fresh off of it, uh, but. Uh, 
I, I appreciate all the insights. Our theme music is by Home. This episode is produced by Anya Fernando and uh, edited by Lane McGibney with production assistance from Josh Rios. Uh, thank you to all three of them. If you have not already, please uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. I'm David Griner with Adweek. We'll be back next week. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.